Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. Amen. Yeah, Lord. Lord God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that uh, it holds truth uh, even today for us, Lord, that there are things that we can learn and there is truth found in your word. And Lord, I pray for Andy as he comes to speak to us now that you would help him to teach us truth. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would speak to us through Andy's words this morning. Amen. Amen. Great. Thanks, Claire. Thanks. Thanks, Susie. Um, it's great to, to be able to share with you this morning from God's Word. Uh, but before I do that, I just want to start by sharing one of my abiding memories uh, as a kid. Um, uh, it was when I was about seven or eight years old, uh, and it was when I was, I was pulled from the deep end of my local swimming pool after uh, getting into difficulties. I can just remember, I can still remember it now, I can remember just happily swimming along, doing my doggy paddle, and then stopping and trying to put my feet on the ground. And it wasn't there. Uh, and I started to panic as I, I realized that I strayed into the deep end of the pool. And, and then I began to thrash around and try and keep myself afloat, but it was no use. Eventually, my head went under uh, the water. I was in trouble, uh, and I knew it. I really didn't know it. So I, so I started kicking my legs as hard as I could, and I managed to get my head back above the surface. And, and as I did, I, I just caught a glimpse of one of the lifeguards over at the side, very calmly walking over to the side of the pool where I was. And, um, you know, it's, it's weird. I, even though it was it's like, what, 27 years ago when I was like, what, seven or eight years old, I can still remember exactly what this lifeguard looked like. She was about five foot six. She had short ginger hair and she wore navy shorts and a navy t-shirt. And she did a logo of the leisure center on each of them. She came over, she grabbed a big red and white striped pole and held it out to me. I grabbed the end of it and she pulled me back to the shallow end of the pool. And then she asked if I was okay. And I kind of spluttered out, yeah, I'm okay. And then she put the pole back in its place, sat down in her high chair. uh, And that was that. Um, Now, I don't think she thought very much about what she did that day. I mean, it all seemed pretty routine to her. It seemed like she just did it all the time. But I'll be honest, I will never forget that moment when she did that. 27 years later, I can still remember that incident like it was yesterday. And you know, 
sometimes in life, you know, we can, we can feel a little bit like that, you know, seven-year-old boy in the pool. You know, we can feel like we're just struggling to keep our heads above the water. Everything seems to be coming in on top of us. Perhaps it's the fact that we're struggling with illness or you're struggling with mental health or, or it's money problems or issues at work or your family or, or maybe you're just really struggling with lockdown. Whatever it is, often these things can seem to just come over us almost like water and we just are struggling to keep our heads above, above the surface. And when these things come, what do we do? What's our normal thing that we do when these things come towards us? Well, that's what I want us to talk about this morning. What to do when tough times come. What to do when tough times come. This morning is the, is the second in our Living by the Psalms sermon series, which Marika started last week by looking at Psalm 46. And this morning, we're going to continue this series by looking at Psalm 121, which we had read just there uh, by Susie. And Psalm 121 is essentially about what to do when tough times come. So if you have your Bibles with you, open it up, keep it open at Psalm 121. We're going to go through that that passage uh, today. Um, Now, Psalm 121 was, um, was written, we think, by David about... 3,000 years ago. It's it's one of 15 psalms that have been given the title the Song of Ascent, as in like, a, like ascending a hill or a mountain. And these psalms have this title because we believe they were sung by people, the Israelites, as they ascended up to the hills to get to Jerusalem to worship God for the numerous, numerous festivals and things that they would have in Jerusalem. So you can kind of imagine this song, this song, Psalm 121, being sang by people as they went to Jerusalem. This song about what to do when tough times come. So this morning, uh, I just want to share two things we see from this psalm about what to do when tough times come. Two things I want us to see from this psalm about what to do when tough times come. The first thing I think we see from this psalm about what we should do when tough times come is real simply to lift our eyes to God, to lift our eyes to God. Now, that seems really simple, doesn't it? That when I was drowning in that pool all those years ago, I, I lifted my eyes to the side of the pool to see where my help was going to come from. And the psalmist here starts off by doing something similar, looking for help for what he's going through. Only he doesn't look to the side of the swimming pool, but to the mountains. He says in verses one and two, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Now, why does he lift his eyes to the mountains of all places? Well, Bible scholars differ on why they think he lifts his eyes to the mountains. But there's basically three schools of thought. Okay, some Bible scholars believe he's lifting his eyes to the mountain because back then that's where idols to false gods were put on the tops of mountains. People would pray to these idols and offer sacrifices to them for protection and prosperity. Now, they believe, these scholars, that what he's essentially saying here is, I lift up my eyes to the mountains and see all these idols, but my help doesn't come from all those false gods, but from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. That's what they think he's saying. Other scholars, the second group of scholars, believe he's he's lifting his eyes to the mountains because back then there were a lot of thieves and robbers in that area. And the mountains is where they usually hide out. And they believe he's essentially saying, I lift up my eyes to the mountains because that's where the people who want to harm me are. But I don't need to worry about them because my help is from the Lord. He will take care of me. So that's the second group of scholars. They believe that. The third group of, of Bible scholars kind of believe that he's lifting his eyes to not just 
any old mountains, but to the distant mountains of Jerusalem where the temple was. And they believe he's essentially saying, I lift up my eyes to the mountains because that's where the temple is, where God is. He is my help. Now, according to, to Bible scholars, all three interpretations are valid when reading verse one and two of this passage. And, and interestingly, I, I think when hard times come for us, we usually respond in one of the three ways these verses are interpreted. Let me explain. Firstly, we can often look to idols or false gods uh, for help in difficult times. You know, we can look, look to our finances, our, our careers, our connections, our relationships, or our own abilities to help us when things get tough. Now, don't get me wrong, the, the things I've mentioned can be good things and, and indeed can help us in difficult situations. But, but I think it's often in difficult times that we find out what we really trust in, what we really have put our faith in. You see, all these things like finances and careers and relationships are good, but, but they can fail. They can let us down. They're, they're not stable enough to put our faith and trust in. You know, uh, just towards the end of last year, uh, Elizabeth, my wife, uh, and I, we took some money out of our mortgage. We remortgaged and, and took some money out of it. Uh, so now we actually have some savings. It's quite nice to have savings. Um, we've got some savings. But about two months ago, uh, when it became apparent just how serious coronavirus was going to be, not just in terms of health, but economically too, I said this to my wife, Elizabeth. I said, I'm really glad we took that money out of the mortgage so we have something set aside if things get bad. That seems like a sensible thing to say, and it kind of is, but I was thinking about that this week, and, and, I, and I realized that what I was essentially doing when I said that two months ago was I was lifting my eyes to my savings for help rather than to the Lord. And so often we can do the same, can't we? It may not be our savings, it may be something else, but we can do the same. Often we can do that. Now, secondly, I think if we if we think back to the psalm and consider that one of the reasons why the psalmist might lift up his eyes to the mountains and is in need of help is because he sees robbers and thieves. You know, I think we can sometimes be like that. We we can't even see beyond the problem itself. You know, it just completely fills our mind. It seems to, just so big that it paralyzes us completely. And, you know, this can be a really tough place to be in. I've been here. I've been in this place about, about um, must be about six years ago. Uh, I, um, I start, I know it seems, seems silly, but, but I started worrying about not being productive in my work. And I had no real reason to worry about that, but I did. And I began worrying about it just every now and again. And, and then it became more frequent. And before long, I was worrying about it all the time. And then... I started worrying about how much I was worrying about it, which led to this downward cycle of worry and anxiety. And it, I mean, it lasted for about a year and a half. It was a horrible time. It really was. But basically, I, I had this problem I thought I had, and I just couldn't see beyond it. And, you know, often we can be like that, can't we? We, we have a problem, and we just can't see beyond the problem itself. And what we need to do, and believe me, this is not always easy, is we need to somehow drag our eyes off the problem and lift them to God. And I think in this sense, sometimes our prayer needs to not just be, Lord, get rid of the problem, but Lord, can you, can you lift my eyes to you instead of having them fixated on this problem? And that just completely changes things when that happens. 
Which brings us to the, the third interpretation of verses 1 and 2. What we want to do, and, and, and what the Bible encourages us to do again and again, is to look to the Lord for help in difficult times. And that's probably the most likely interpretation of the first two verses of this psalm. The writer didn't look to idols and false gods, and he didn't look to the threat of robbers, but he looked to the mountains of Jerusalem. He, he saw the temple, God's place, and knew that God was his ultimate and perfect helper in times of need. So big question, how do we lift our eyes to the Lord? Well, I think there, there are many different ways of doing it. What happens, what helps me is reminding myself of who God is. And, and the best way I find to do that is to go to the Bible. And, and, and when I read God's word, I see how trustworthy and good and reliable and faithful God is. I also, uh, also remind myself of the gospel, the, the heart of Christianity, that, that Jesus was punished on my behalf for all my faults and failures and wrongdoing, which means I'm no longer separated from God. And I also look at my own life and remind myself of all the good things God has done in my life, all his blessings. You know, my, my mother-in-law always says that that, that that is one of the best things about getting old. You, know, you have many years to look back and you can see all the times when God helped you and protected you. And I've also started keeping a journal, which, which helps me to keep a record of God's blessings in my life. Because it's, it's so easy to forget, isn't it? And sometimes when, when I'm really struggling, I need others to help me lift my eyes to the Lord. I, I need my brothers and sisters in Christ to remind me of who God is and to pray with me. So maybe that's something we can all do, we can all reflect on this week. What helps you lift your eyes to the Lord in times of trouble? How do you do it? And, and also, how can you help others to do the same? So that's that's the first thing to do when tough times come. Lift our eyes to God. The second thing to do uh, when tough times come uh, is to trust that he will keep us. To trust that he will keep us. Let me just read verses 3 to 8 again from our passage. You can follow along in your Bibles if you have them. It says this. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. You know, it, it's, it's so important to mention that, that these verses are not to be taken as systematic theology. Okay, this is poetic language that is being used here. And that's important to keep in mind. But I think for many of us as slightly cynical Westerners, it's really easy for us to read this and think, surely this can't be true. I mean, God will keep us from all harm. I mean, really? I mean, what about all the Christians suffering in the world right now? You know, we can so easily think of the many reasons why these verses simply can't be true. But, but I want to challenge us. Let's not automatically think of all the exceptions to these verses. Let's actually take them at face value and acknowledge that there are so many times when God does keep us from harm. Let's believe that many, many times God does guard us, preserve us and watches over us. And the reality is that he will keep us from all harm in an ultimate sense. You know, the only thing that can really harm us is that which can harm the soul. And if we believe in Jesus, we know that our souls are safe. 
We know that we will spend eternity with God where there will be no more suffering or crying or pain. So let's, let's lift our eyes to the Lord where our help comes from. Let's also help each other to lift our eyes to the Lord during these difficult times. And let's trust that the Lord will keep us. He will guard us and preserve us in this life and the next. I'm going to pray and then I'm going to hand back over to Claire. Lord, thank you that we can live by these verses. Thank you that they're true, Lord, that we can lift our eyes to you in times of trouble and that you're with us. You're there for us, Lord, and you, and you care for us, Lord. You protect us. Lord, thank you for the cross. Thank you for what Jesus did at the cross in saving us, Lord. Thank you that because of that, we have this fantastic hope of an eternity with you, Lord. Lord, we thank you for your goodness and your love and your mercy and your protection, Lord. Amen.